Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Um, my name is Keith. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and I'll be your teaching pastor today. So I'm really excited just to get to share uh, this message with you. And honestly, this is a message I've been really, really excited about sharing with you. And and uh, just to get down, I want to just go ahead and skip to the very end, but I guess I can't do that. So we'll start at the beginning. But let's go ahead and jump right in to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, if you have your Bible, you can look at John chapter 3 with me. We'll have it on the screen for you as well. But this is a story about a man named Nicodemus, and um, many of you may not know this or not, but this is the man that Jesus was talking to when he shared John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, you know it, you memorized it, Tim Tebow made it famous, come on somebody. Um, it, th- this is the man he's actually talking to whenever he reveals the very scripture that has changed the world. And he has an interesting conversation with Nicodemus. And let's, let's pick up in verse 1. We'll read the story. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's just stop right there. Have you ever noticed how Jesus sometimes just ignores the other person? Like, he's like, hey, Jesus, I I know that God's with you. And then Jesus just goes off on just this whole other message. You know what I'm saying? So, So, ladies, can you relate? Your husband does this a lot, right? He doesn't listen and just talks about something like you never said anything. All I got to say is he's just being like Jesus. Okay, moving on. Guys, look at your wife and say, I'm like Jesus. All right. No, do it for real right now. I'm like Jesus. I'm like Jesus. All right, I did it to my wife. So there you go. He he replies, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Verse 9, how are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, And yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, really interesting verse right here. He says, if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? There's a lot in this that we're going to sort of dissect and talk about today. But I want to talk to you around the subject of the power of a testimony. The power of a testimony. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time, this time that you have set apart, this time that you want to do something special. So, God, I just thank you for great clarity. I even pray for people who came in and their minds were clouded. Um, And I just believe this is a word of knowledge for some of you here today. You came in and, and, and your mind was clouded. It's foggy. You can't seem to get out of what you're in. God, I just pray right now that great clarity comes to these people right now in Jesus' name. 
God, clear up the fog and let us think straight. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us into all truth today. We ask you to encourage us, God. More than anything else, we thank you that your presence is here. It's in your presence that we experience great joy. And um, we just thank you that you're here. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Do we have any uh, fans of American Ninja Warrior in the building? Anybody, anybody love American Ninja Warrior? All right, awesome. Yeah, and, and you may not be a fan, but you've, you've seen it. You, you get American Ninja Warrior. I just want to know if there's anyone else like me that sits on the couch eating Cheetos and looks and watches the show and goes, I could so do that. <laughs> if I would just stop eating these Cheetos and just train for like five days, I would smash that course, right? Anybody? Anybody as prideful as me? Anybody? Okay, it's like, especially like, you know, when you're a bigger guy and you see these little scrawny guys out there just spider monkeying all around, like just, I'm like, well, if he, if he can do that, surely I could get that far. Okay, maybe, that, maybe that's just me. Ladies, when you see the girls, really inspiring, right? Um, you know, it, we've all seen people do amazing things in life, whether it be on TV or just we've heard, we hear stories and inspirational stories of just these obstacles that people overcome. Isn't it amazing how much those stories inspire us? You know, I think if we were all really honest, when we see those things, there's something in us that says, if he can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, surely I can do that. You may not think that about American Ninja Warrior, but you may be inspired in other ways. You hear a a person who overcomes and has victory in this really tragic situation, and you hear their story, and you think, man, if they could overcome that, if they could get on the backside of that, if they could have victory in that, surely I can do and, and overcome and get through the thing that I'm going through. We get inspired by one another, don't we? Our stories and our testimonies do something to us. Can I ask you this question today? What if that's not by accident? What if there's something more to the thoughts and the feelings that we have whenever we see someone do the impossible? I believe that we are hardwired by God to be inspired by one another. I believe that God, this is something that God has placed on the inside of us, that when we see someone do something amazing and when we see someone else overcome, that we are filled with, with a supernatural power called faith that helps us and makes us believe, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, so can I. <clears throat> There's a story of a guy named Roger Bannister. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Roger Bannister, but he was a British athlete and he was a runner. He was a runner. Do we have any runners in the building? Are there any runners? All right, three of you. Yep, that's what I figured. Do we have any non-runners in the building? Any non, any non-runners? All right, you're like me. You believe that the words love and run should never go together. Like, in fact, they don't go together. When someone says they love running, I look at it and say, you're a liar. You are, you are just, you're lying straight to my face. You, you can't love running. Supposedly, it's out there. I think it's just a miracle that, that that happens. But here, this guy, Roger Bannister, he's a runner. And um, the, the thing that's cool about him, in 1954, he ran the first sub four-minute mile. He was the first man or woman to run a mile under four minutes. 
Now, I don't know if you realize this because there's a lot of non-runners in here, but there's this thing called a track that people run around for fun and, um, <laughs> and to compete, whatever that is. And so you got to imagine this. He ran each lap, four laps under a minute, all right, under a minute, which equaled less than four minutes. You follow me, right? Okay. So just a little math for you, just making sure you're awake. It's amazing. You know, what was crazy about this time is that people actually didn't believe this was possible. They thought it was humanly impossible to run a mile under four minutes until he did it for the first time. Now, what's really interesting about his story is that the next person to run a mile under four minutes did it 46 days later. I want you to think about that. For 1,900 plus years, nobody had ever run a mile under four minutes. And after the first person did it, 46 days later, someone did it again. And then someone else did it again. You know what the record is now? It's like three minutes and 43 seconds. You see, this is the power of a story. This is the power of a testimony. This is what happens when someone else hears or sees someone else do the impossible and they say within themselves, if he can do it, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. If he can be that, so can I. If he can overcome and get over this obstacle, guess what? I can get over the very thing that I'm facing as well. Faith and belief are released when the impossible becomes possible. You know, I believe that as believers, this should be happening in the body of Christ. That we're sharing our story with one another. That our stories are going out. That our testimonies of the goodness of God, in the grace of God, in the bigness of God, they're going out and they're so loud and they're so prevalent that people cannot help but hear it and be inspired. That the body of Christ is inspiring one another. That we're inspiring the world who doesn't even know Jesus of the goodness that is in him and the bigness that is in our God. That, that we actually believe that there's power in a testimony. Power in a testimony. You know, Revelations 12, 11, it says this. This is Jesus talking. John was recording it. Jesus said this, and they overcame him. He's talking about believers in the enemy. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. How did they overcome? How do believers overcome? Jesus is saying in the future, believers will overcome the enemy and every obstacle he puts in their path. How? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. How are they going to overcome? When they remember how good God has already been. How are they able to overcome? When they believe the testimony that they hear about the person sitting next to them. When they believe that God is actually good, that he still does miracles, that signs and wonders still follow the believer. How are they going to overcome. Here's how you overcome, by believing in the power of a testimony. It's time to testify for just a moment this morning. If God's been good to you, would you raise your hand? Look around. How good has God been? 
How good has God been to you? The Bible is really clear, and whether you believe it or not, this is the truth. Every good and perfect thing has come from him. If you can look at your life and say, oh, that's good, that's good. Guess where it came from? It came from him. Some of you need to thank God every day that as ugly as you are, you got the wife that you got. That is a testimony of the goodness and more than that, the grace of God that he would cover you with his blood so she wouldn't see how ugly you are. testimony of the goodness of God. The goodness of God. The question is, are we believing? Are we believing the testimony that goes out? Are we believing the testimony that comes in? Are we believing the crazy stories that we hear? I want to say this to you. Some of us may not be overcoming because we put no value or belief in testimony. See, we, we don't really believe the things that we hear. In fact, the more that we hear, the more skeptical we become. And I just want to challenge you a little bit this morning. Maybe when we hear testimony, we're not to become skeptical, but we're to become gullible. That God's not looking for us to be skeptical. He's looking for us to be gullible. That we actually hear the things that God is doing, and we believe them. I don't know if you're like me, but I've been in this camp before where it's like, you know, especially as a pastor, you, you hear some crazy testimonies, right? You hear about God doing some crazy things, and, and it's, it's one of those things, like you hear some stories, you're like, eh, I just, I don't know. just don't know if I, if I believe that. You're saying that God healed your car, that he healed your car. You laid hands on your car, and God decided to heal metal, metal. God did that. He did it. Mm-hmm. He did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God healed your back? Really? God healed your back. Are you sure it's not because you bent over for the first time in five years that you stretched it out and like, or, or maybe that you went and got a massage? Like, are you not, did God really heal your back or did you just get a massage? Come on, tell me. And if we're not careful as believers, we become very, very skeptical. We become skeptical of the, can I just say it, the crazy Christians. The ones who have the crazy stories. The ones that come and say, God did this. Can you believe what God did? What happens when you hear that? What happens when you hear those testimonies? Does it increase your faith or does it increase your skepticism? Here's what skepticism will breed. It will always breed doubt. That will later lead to complete unbelief. Some of you have maybe even said this, and you've maybe thought this. I'm not going to believe that until it happens to me. If it hasn't happened to me, it's not real. Healing's not real until I experience it. And I'll just say this. Maybe you need to believe someone else's story so you can have enough faith for your own. Maybe you need to believe the testimony of someone else, so that one day you can have the same testimony, so that you can have the same story. Maybe the inspiration and the faith that you're looking for has actually already come in the form of a testimony from somebody else. 
See, there's something that happens when you experience bad and someone, someone near you and someone that you have a relationship tells you that God is good. Oh, yeah, well, but my life sucks. My life is bad. Yeah, I know that, but God is good. I mean, see, my life used to suck too, but he turned it around. My life used to be bad, but he turned it around. Here, here, I am a living testimony of the goodness of God. And can I just tell you, friend, he's no respecter of persons. What he did for me, he will do for you. He loves you just as much. The power of a testimony. This is the power of a story. To say, yeah, he did it for me. He'll do it for you. Two points. Testimony is a gift from God to help us overcome. It's a gift from God to help us overcome. Oh, but not only that, testimony is a gift that we can give to others to inspire and increase their faith. If you have a story, you have a gift to give. Come on, I said if you have a story, if you have a testimony, you have a gift to give. If Jesus saved you, you have a story to tell. You know, we find in the story of Nicodemus that he is, he's, he's in this place of skepticism. He's in this place of just not being able to believe what Jesus is telling him. I mean, here he is. He, he's come to Jesus in the middle of the night. Why did he go to Jesus at night? Because he was a religious leader, and he didn't want anyone else to see him giving acknowledgement to Jesus. So he comes to Jesus, and he's like, hey, I can tell that God's with you because of the miraculous things that you're doing. And then and as soon as he opens his mouth, Jesus just begins to, uh, to, just, to just flood his mind with things he's never heard. He, he really just starts talking over Nicodemus' head, and just he's blowing his mind. He's like, hey, just so you know, in order to enter the kingdom of God, you got to be born again. Nicodemus is like, born again? What does that even mean? And he begins to explain the spirit and how it works. And as he explains what it means to be born again, as he explains this miraculous thing that occurs, as he shares a testimony, look at what Nicodemus says. Maybe you can relate. Verse 9, he says, how are these things possible? In other words, I don't know if I believe you. How could this be possible, Nicodemus says. And Jesus replies, I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen. And yet, look at what it says, and yet you won't believe our testimony. This is the Jesus standing in front of Nicodemus. And said, so we, we assure you that we're telling the truth, that these things have actually happened. Yet you won't believe our testimony. And look at the result of not believing the testimony. He says, if you don't believe me when I tell you earthly things. In other words, if you don't believe me when I share the testimony. If you don't believe me what's happening all around you. How can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Can I tell you what Jesus was saying? He was saying, God's wanting to get more to you. But it starts with what's believing in what it starts with believing what's in front of you. God wants to take you to another level. Here's these earthly things. Oh, but there's heavenly things coming. But it starts with you actually believing the testimony in the story of the earthly things. Here Jesus is, and, and Nicodemus knows that he's done some amazing things. That's why he went to him in the first place. He's, he's seen Jesus do these things. He's heard the teaching from Jesus in the temple. And yet he still decides to question and not to believe. 
And Jesus says, yeah, because you won't believe that, you'll never understand how you could be born again, that you could be born of the Spirit. This heavenly reality that I'm trying to get over to you, it's impossible because you won't believe what's in front of you. I truly believe this. I believe the miraculous will increase when we believe the miraculous is already happening. You understand what I'm saying? That it starts with believing what's in front of us so that he will give more to us. You want to see a miracle? It starts with believing that the miraculous is actually already happening. It's already happening in your life. It's already happening in this church. It's happening all around the world that God is still moving, that God is still healing, that God is still a God that is for us and not against us, that as bad and as dark as the world is getting, we are getting brighter and brighter. See, that's what happens when it gets darker. Our light just shines that much brighter. And God is going to save this world. We are going to save people out of the grip of the enemy. He's still doing miracles. Well, what about what happened in New York with abortion and all that? God is still good and he's still doing miracles. You know, there's been some miracles that, are, that have been happening here at Renew Life. I just want to take the end of this service today just to share some with you. Why? So it'll increase your faith. About three or four weeks ago, we were at our young adult small group. We were at our house and there was a girl named Felicia and she came and she shared her story. She had grown up um, with her grandparents. Her grandpa and her grandmother raised her. And her grandpa was a preacher. So she grew up in a Christian household believing in Jesus. Well, later down the road, her grandma got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And it was devastating to the whole family, especially to her. So her grandpa was a man of faith, and they began to pray for her healing. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And at one point, all the family was in there praying for her. And every single person sat there and watched her grandmother take her last breath. And the miracle didn't happen. The thing that she was believing for didn't happen. And, and truth be told, it was at that moment that she turned away from God. She said, God, if, if you won't take care of my family, if I believe and it didn't happen, what's the point? You must not be real. And she, she walked away from God that day. There were some other horrible things that happened in her life, and it was just more proof that God wasn't really there. And she walked away, and she walked away. She didn't follow him, talk to him for six to seven years until one night she found herself in her car, and she was all alone. None of her friends would answer their phone. She had no one to turn to. She felt more alone than she had ever felt ever before in her life. And she heard this little voice, and it was the voice of her grandmother. And her grandmother always told her, when you don't know what else to do, just pray. So that night she prayed, and she said, God, I just ask you to forgive me for walking away from you and, and from turning away from you. And, but I just, God, I need to know that you're real. I need you to show up, and I need you to show me that, you, that you're here and that you're real. Less than 24 hours later, she's in Walmart. And she's walking around, and I want to pause the story right there. We had someone else in our church, another young adult. And um, it was the same day, and she felt the Holy Spirit tell her to go to Walmart. And I told her, the Holy Spirit never tells you to go to Walmart, ever. <laughs> nope, it wasn't him. That was the devil for sure. <laughs> oh, man, that's where he hangs out, I'm just convinced, is at Walmart. Amen. Praise God that I hope to, I hope to God that I never 
ever have to go into a Walmart again. Amen. Someone agree with me? Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Stretch your hand out towards me. No, I'm kidding. So she hears the Holy Spirit go to Walmart. She gets in her car and she goes to Walmart. Guess who she runs into? She runs into Felicia. I'm going to jump back to Felicia's side of the story. Felicia's walking around and she cracks me up when she told the story. She's like, I was um, just in sweats and headphones and just didn't look good. And I didn't need anybody to see me. I was trying to hide out. And and, um, she said she she walked past this girl and this girl saw her and, and this girl just smiled at her. And she was like, man, that was, that was really nice. And they kept walking around. Well, Abby came back around again. And um, Abby walked up to Felicia, and she said, hey, uh, I know this may sound weird, but I felt like the, God wanted me to come here, and, and, and he sort of pointed you out to me. And I just feel like he wants you to know that you're forgiven, that he's never left you, and that he's with you. And he's been with you this whole time. And in that moment, Felicia broke down in the middle of Walmart and just began to, just began to cry and bawl. Because in less than 24 hours, God answered her prayer. When she had reached out to God and said, God, I need you to show me that you're real. God literally took another person and sent them to Walmart and got them in, into a divine connection just for, just for her to say, hey, look, God's real. He's been with you. He forgives you. And he's never left you this whole six to seven years. He's always been there. He's always been waiting on you. Can I tell you that is a miracle. That is God still working. That is God still doing amazing things. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe that that really happened? Because it did. And the miracles haven't stopped happening. I want you to turn your attention to the screen and hear one more. My name is Allison Rankin, and this is my story. Lyme's disease is an incurable disease. It's, it sort of cycles symptoms, like at one point you'll be okay, and then all of a sudden you can't get out of bed. Anxiety, it just, just like so much anxiety sometimes out of nowhere. Just emotionally I was, got to the point I was just like, well, I'm, I'm done, like this is annoying, like I'm over it, you know. Just, just pits and holes and stuff emotionally I would go into. Well, it was in August when Robbie Dawkins came. He was talking about how we'll be searching for something of God instead of God. And he, at one point he said, stop searching for that healing. And it like slammed into me, like it was almost physical to me. And in that instant, I like, decided in me that no matter if I got healed or not, I was going to search for God. Because I realized that I had been searching for his healing. I'd just been like, God, are you going to heal me? Are you going to heal me? When are you going to heal me? Like, I know you heal. Why aren't you healing me? And it was this realization that I'd been searching for that instead of him. And there was this lady in the same row I was sitting in. And she came over, and she's just like, you know, what's wrong? I was like, well, I have Lyme's disease. She's like, okay, that makes sense. I was like, oh, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me. And usually every time I have to explain to someone that I have, like, what it is, but she knew straight what it was, and then she, you know, 
put her hands on me and she started praying. And she started praying to go back in that moment, you know, for God just to go back and just like stop it, you know, where it was. It was such a strong reaction that I knew something amazing had to have happened. And in there I was like, I'm healed, I know I'm healed. And it took a couple of days, I was like, well, I'm healed, I know I'm healed, like I'm gonna keep that mindset. But let's see what's happening. And I had energy, and for like, and ever since then, like, I've been able to do things I hadn't been able to do before. Like people, when you're in a situation like that and things don't go how you want them, and you start adding your human timeline to it and how things should be and how you want things to be. And looking back, I don't, I'm not angry, I'm not upset. I'm kind of glad it happened because through the process, like it enlarged my faith. Like, I'm kind of like, what would you want, Satan? Like, look, you caused my faith to grow. You caused this amazing thing to happen in my life. You caused a feasible miracle to happen in me. Like, it was like corporeal, you know? It was there. And I just, just like, don't lose faith during those moments. And I don't know, that's what I got. <laughs> Come on, someone give God a hand clap. I didn't, didn't ask her, but Allison's right here on the front row. She's still healed, and she still has a ton of energy. Come on, somebody. Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> you know, we could take all day today and just share testimony after testimony of what God is doing, but I think you get the point. You hear a little testimony, and you get a little more faith. And you hear a little testimony, and you get a little more inspiration. If you're here today and you feel like you're in an impossible situation, let the faith from that testimony get on your life. Let it change. That was impossible. It, Lyme's disease is incurable unless you bring God in the picture. Unless you ask him about it. Unless you let him work, God will do the same for you. And I, I need you to hear me. For those of you who really don't believe this, God will do the same for you. His power is not limited and his power didn't stop with her. Here's what I think that we need to do. I think we need to become like children. As you leave today, can you be a little more kid-like, a little more childish? That when you hear the things of God, the, the miracles and the, and the testimonies of what God is doing, that like a little kid, you would drop your jaw every time and say, praise God. Wow, amazing. God is still working. He's still doing what he says he does in his word. Isn't it interesting that a kid has a knack for the supernatural? They, they love to believe in the impossible. What does every little boy, what do they want to be when they want to grow up? They want to be a superhero with powers. What does every girl want to be? A princess who looks beautiful and has a castle and has a knight that fights off dragons. And what am I saying? See, at the very beginning, we're wired to believe in the miraculous, to believe in the, that there's more, to believe the stories that are told, to be inspired. It's in us. So instead of me telling you to grow up and be more real, I want to tell you to maybe you should grow down. 
Grow down. Come like a kid. Believe the stories that you hear. Believe the testimony. Maybe for some of you, and probably for a lot of you, it means not only just to believe what you hear, but it's time to start sharing your testimonies. Share your stories. Share the stories of being healed. Share the stories of seeing a Renew Life sticker that made you slam on your brakes and be a good Christian. Share, share the stories. Share the stories. Because God really is that big, and he really is in the little details. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.